Welcome back to the Chin Up Podcast. This week, we welcome Mari Harita. Mari is the current Vice President of Community Engagement at the Seattle Kraken and comes from a background of corporate law and nonprofit management. Hello, my name is Karsten Kahoot. Welcome back to the Chin Up Podcast. This week, we welcome Mari Harita. Mari, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. So let's just start with your family history and how you started working for the Seattle Kraken. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm from Seattle. I was born and raised here. I went to Eckstein Middle School and Roosevelt High School and then went down to Southern California to, for college at Pomona College, but then came back to get a law degree at the UW and, and also a master's degree in Seattle U. Um, so I'm very much a Seattleite. Uh, I'm also third generation Japanese American. And like most people, my family's history has a strong influence on who I am, the lens through which I see the world and how I live my life. Uh, and my mom and her family were incarcerated during World War II. Uh, and my dad's family moved east from Seattle to Moses Lake to escape the mandatory relocation. And they returned after the war and met after the war. My path to my current job at the Kraken was a little bit indirect, a little unintentional. I started my career as a commercial real estate lawyer and worked for a number of uh, larger firms in town and more recently ran an arts and community focused nonprofit for seven years before assuming my current position. And I I wasn't actively looking to work with the the Seattle Kraken. Any of my friends will tell you I I don't know. Well, I know more now. I didn't know uh, very much at all about Hockey, I knew that a new team was coming to town, but that's about it. But I had the opportunity to meet with the CEO, Todd Lewicki, just to get a sense of what his vision was as they were entering the market and also share what Artem was doing to explore possible alignment. Um, And then that conversation took uh, a bit of an unexpected turn. Yeah. And before we get into, you know, the specifics of what makes that job so exciting, as you know, I'm sure there's many reasons why that is. uh, Can you talk about what it's like to be a part of a brand new sports organization and how that gets off the ground in the first place? Sure. Uh, well, for those of you who've worked at a startup, you know this, and I certainly had heard this but didn't really understand it. I worked at a, you know, a law firm and then a 50-year-old nonprofit, but a startup, it's, it's drinking out of the fire hose every single day. I mean, um, you know, every day it's new. There's, it's, <laughs> you're not quite sure what the day's going to hold. And then we've been hiring people every week and new people come every week, so then things shift around. Uh, and and there, we're also working against a really some, some very specific and major benchmarks and timelines, and we need to get the arena completed. We need to draft a team. We need to, you know, it's not like we can just kind of keep doing this and see how it goes. It's like there are some very specific goals we're working towards, and there's a lot to get done. And so that's exciting and exhilarating and also challenging. And then you layer on top of that from this, pandemic once in a you know multi-generational pandemic and I think one of the, the biggest challenges for any new company in the pandemic is you know as you're building whole culture and as you're bringing on people 50% of the people I work with I've never met and who've never haven't actually many of them aren't even in Seattle um, and so that's the added challenge of making sure you can create that cohesive culture that's much easier to do when you're in person than it is over Zoom. While there are challenges, there's also some really amazing opportunities that come with being new. And that is we have the opportunity to step back and to assess what has and has not worked in our own experiences and also in observing others. And with the benefit of that hindsight and experience, we can avoid some of the pitfalls. 
Um, you know, and, and particularly now, it seems that every forward-thinking company in the world is is taking a really hard look at the status quo to understand what needs to shift in order to ensure success in the future. And because we're new, because we're forming, we don't have to rework, you know, a decade-old strategy or culture that isn't working anymore. We get to build it from the ground up, and we acknowledge that that's a real luxury to have. And kind of on that, where do you think professional sports has the most room to grow right now? Well, there's a lot about professional. You know, I'm new to the field, so um, I'm yeah, still right. learning. <laughs> so I'm In your not gonna brand new suggest- opinion. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, from, from my vantage point, um, I'll say I'll say two things. One, and it's not really unique to sports. It's as we're talking about where I think all companies and all entities are this this moment in time, this pivot point, this tipping point. Uh, it should make sure that we're all, as we're working to engage our fan base or consumer base or whatever that base is, that we are doing so in a way that addresses and includes not only you know the fan base of the past and the present, but of the future, because they're very they're very different. Um, and the strategies and the attitudes and the customs that worked really well for you know the fan base of old uh, will need to be worked in order to translate effectively to the younger generations moving forward. The second thing I would say is that there is, I think, so much potential to leverage the professional sports platform to better society. Uh, and, and different teams and different things are already doing a lot in the space at different levels of impact. Uh, but sports are, you know, a, a force for good on so many different fronts. And whether that's sports for kids and, and the importance of being active. So you learn about teamwork and discipline and, and develop physical and emotional health and, and then making sure that all kids have the benefit of that opportunity. It's also something that brings people together like few things do. You know, even now in COVID, one of the few things we have to look forward to is the Seahawks game on a Sunday or watching the Sanders, you know, through the play run. Um, it, it's an outlet, it's a positive outlet to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And that's so important, um, you know, ideally in person. But even now, it's one of those few things that everybody's like, it's excited about. And so using that um, power to unify, I think, um, is really important. And it's also an important platform for raising awareness. And I would say taking a stand for what's right, and what's necessary for the future of our humanity and for our planet. Um, you know, how do you measure the impact that the WNBA has, right? Not just on their social justice work, but on, on girls around the world, certainly in our country, and on self-confidence and inner strength and power. I mean, that's huge. So it's how do we use that, that platform uh, and our fan base to better society? I mean, sports are kind of a, a universal equalizer in some ways right and it just provides a uh, malleable platform i think i would say where you can make impact from what some might say is just just a game right right <laughs> and that's what makes it so powerful yeah yeah well it should be yeah it's it's and you know nelson mandela said sport has the the power to change the world and so the important things are making sure that everybody has access to it and Right, the making sure the kids actually have the play spaces and the fields and the parks and, and, and the equipment. So there's that piece of it. And then there's also making sure that everybody feels included from, included from an, uh, from a cultural standpoint. They don't feel that they shouldn't be part of, you know, hockey or basketball or soccer mm-hmm. for, for any particular reason. And so I think it's incumbent on those of us in the field to make sure that everybody, everybody feels welcome and part of what we're doing. 
when you step into your office in the morning, what's the goal you have in mind? To get through the day, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's, that is totally no, valid um, right now. <laughs> I would say, you know, every, day, every day is different, but at the overarching goals, I think it's twofold. One is, is how do I, in, in my particular role, advance our social impact work to make a positive change in our community? And then related to that is how does that advance the vision and the goals of the larger organization? So how does our social impact team, you know, work support the other departments, whether it's sales or sponsorship or marketing, to most effectively advance our shared objectives? Entering into a new league with these goals, what opportunities would you say Seattle uniquely offers? First of all, Seattle's an amazing sports city, right? We have great teams, we have a great fan base, and it's a huge part of our culture. And so it's exciting then to say, wow, and then we get to start this whole new uh, franchise, new sport uh, in that existing ex- fan base um, or ex- a city that's, that's really embracing of and supportive of sports. Uh, I would also say that the other professional sports teams that are here are great partners in a way. You know, I guess we're all competing for fans, I suppose, but, but it doesn't feel like that. It's very collaborative. We care about this city. We care about the regions. We want to do right by our fans and we want to do right by the community. And so um, I don't know that every city operates like that. I don't know if the sports teams in every city talk to each other about things like that. How, where, where are there opportunities to lean in together? Where are there opportunities to collaborate to advance a common goal or, or a common good? And that certainly is the case in my department, and maybe I just see it more because of the particular role that I'm in, but with our social impact work, with any social justice work, I mean, I'm emailing, you know, the Sanders and the Ray Foundation, the Seahawks and, and the Mariners regularly. Um, and I've had the good fortune to, to work with a number of folks in, in all the different organizations and say, hey, are you, are you guys, what are you doing about X, Y, and Z? Or would you want to partner with X, Y, and Z? And um, so there's some really cool opportunities for collaboration and then also working together. If, if, if there's a collective goal we're trying to accomplish, like maybe if we all lean into this together, we'll be a lot more effective getting something done. So I don't know that, that every city has a sports culture that is that um, collaborative and supportive. And so that's really exciting. I know you mentioned you had a career path that wouldn't necessarily lead up to this position naturally. What would you tell someone who may come into a position such as yours? The first thing I think is when people talk about like community engagement, that term is thrown around a lot. Community engagement, community relations, community outreach, and it means a lot of different things. So I think that for someone who's interested in getting into this area, it's to understand what that person is thinking when they say the term community engagement doesn't mean fan engagement doesn't mean grant making doesn't mean fundraising doesn't mean events what what does that person really mean when they talk about community engagement are they talking about actually going out into the community and doing outreach are they talking about social impact work um and and defining it to themselves better so that they can then do the the necessary research to to know what the different companies are doing to know what different organizations are prioritizing um to know best practices in that particular field and then be able to present themselves as, as, as someone who has you know, a knowledge base in that particular field and can offer something to the organization uh, that would benefit uh, what the, the broader organization is trying to accomplish. Because with any job that we're applying for in any company, we have to show value to that entity. Right. 
So just to say, hey, I want to join your community engagement department and not really even understand what that means, it's like, it's, it's better to say, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in fan engagement and this is why, and this is why I have a skill set, and this is why I think it will be really helpful to your organization. Or I am really interested in advocacy work, uh, and this is my background, and this is why I think it makes a difference, and this is why I think it will make a difference to what you're trying to accomplish. So if you can, if you can define it, and, and create the, the overarching narrative of why you will be helpful to this organization. I think that's a good way to pitch yourself. I would say if, if you know, mine, mine wasn't like that because I wasn't really pitching anything. Right. <laughs> Except art, but uh, but, I, but I, I would say the through line, though, is, is to, from time to time, just assess what's important to you in a job. Is it culture? Is it money? Is it is it the people you work with? Is it you know lifestyle? Um, what's what is the driver? And for me, going from a, a corporate law job to running a nonprofit to now being part of a starting up a new franchise, the through line is that I'm very motivated by leveraging different platforms to try to make a difference in in our community and society. I'm just I like sitting in rooms hearing about what's happening in our community and their society and trying to figure out well, how can we make a positive difference. It doesn't matter to me whether it's a sports team or a nonprofit or a law firm. I, I don't think any should be exist in isolation or in silos. We all have an obligation, I think, as you know, entities existing in a particular community to figure out how we help the community. So so I guess my point being understand what it is that drives you personally. And hold on to that because that will, I believe, land you ultimately, you know, where you want to go as opposed to going into something for the wrong reasons and then suddenly realizing you're not happy to be there. In terms of what drives you, just as a final thought, what does success look like for you? For me, in this job? In this job, <laughs> yes. I was trying to be dramatic. Uh, that's, that's a big question. <laughs> that like, that wow. is a big question. Well, you know, success in this, that's a, um, that's a great question. There's, there's a lot, of, we talk a lot about that actually in some of the different programs. Like, what does success look like? How are we measuring this down the road? And, you know, it, it, so it's getting in the details, it's going to be different for every program. I mean, obviously with like, our youth outreach, we were really focused on inclusion and equity and diversity. And so how are we measuring those specific goals? Um, and we're still, frankly, working out what exactly that will look like. Um, but overall, I would say the success to me for this job is that in our community, everyone in our community, whether they are um, non-traditional hockey audiences or not, feels that they are authentically welcomed into this journey that we're on, invited into, embraced, that they feel part of what we're trying to do and they feel part of the family. Should they choose to opt in? We're not saying everyone has to, you know, but, but, but no, no, one feels, no one feels excluded. Um, and everyone says, yeah, that's somewhere where I feel respected and I feel seen and I feel valued. And this is an organization that genuinely wants to be a community-wide and inclusive organization. So that's part of what I would say success looks like. And then organizationally, that, that then, you know, helps our organization be that much more successful in every single way as, as far as fan base, excitement around what the team's doing, you know, returns in every possible way you could define it a positive culture. And, and frankly, if we can set some examples in, in some areas, and I'm, we're not going to set examples in every area, you know, and there's other teams and other leagues doing really, really good work. But I think we do have the opportunity, again, because we're new, 
to, to do things a little bit differently. And if that can give license to other teams or other entities to say, yeah, you know, they tried that, we can too, in a good way. I think that's, that's a real opportunity. And I think I would say that's, that's a measure of success. I mean, already, you know, our focus on diversity as a team has been called out a few times locally and nationally. I think we have the most diverse front office for an NHL team. Not positive about that, but we have over 40% women, uh, over 20% BIPOC um, in our front office, you know, in all different departments, up and down, uh, different levels. Um, we hired the first ever female uh, pro scout in the NHL a couple of years ago, Cami Granato. Um, we hired the first black play-by-player -play in the NHL, Everett Fitzhugh, just last year. I'm saying last year, which was like last month, you know, but it was right. uh, in 2020. <laughs> um, and, you know, we were the first team to sign on for a hockey club, um, get a comfortable campaign. We don't want to not do something just because no one else is doing it, if that makes sense. Sorry, that was like a triple negative there. But you know how some people <laughs> no, are no, like, oh, nobody does it that yeah. way. It's like we, we're trying to say more like, no, is this something we should do? And how? what's the best way to go about it? And And... And that's what's driving us. And so there's some real opportunities to just elevate voices and, and communities that historically haven't had that opportunity. Mara Harita, VP, Community Engagement, Seattle Kraken. Buy Seattle Kraken merchandise. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. And uh, we look forward to seeing you some games. Sounds good. All right. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our Chin Up Podcast. Tune in next Tuesday morning for more inspiring stories, advice, and tips from our special guests. As always, keep your chin up.